Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman, a podcast loaded with practical tips, powerful scripts, personal stories, and simple steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. So get ready to get the information you need to make the impact you want from someone you trust, your friend, parenting expert, Dr. Robin Silverman. Hello and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so thrilled to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, child and teen development specialist, author and speaker, and most importantly, parent of two great kids who give me the opportunity to love, learn, and grow every single day, whether I want to or not. Believe me, I get it. It's not always easy. And as you know by now, we're in this together and we have some wonderful people helping us along the way. So who wants more information about how to give the talk to their kids? You know the one, the sex talk. This is one of those conversations that often makes us squirm in our seats, and yet we really have to have it. And we're not just talking about body mechanics here. We're talking anatomy, relationships, consent, porn, intimacy, privacy. There's a lot more to the sex talk than intercourse. But of course, we're going to talk about that too. And remember, while you may not be talking to your kids about sex yet, you'll need to talk about it at some point. Believe me, you will. And likely sooner than later, no matter what your family values are and what you personally think your child should or shouldn't be doing. And for those who have already been in the thick of it, congratulations to you. Perhaps you've already had a discussion about privacy, your child's body, or sex itself. Remember, it's never one big talk, but a series of little ones, especially when it comes to this topic. So this podcast is going to help you give one, two, three extra nuggets that you may not have thought of yet when the topic comes up again. And this is a touchy topic, so I'm really thrilled to have our guest on today. Our guest is Dina Alexander. Now, Dina Alexander is the founder and president of Educate and Empower Kids. That's EducateEmpowerKids.org, an organization determined to strengthen families by teaching digital citizenship, media literacy, and healthy sexuality education, including education about the dangers of online porn. She is the creator of How to Talk to Your Kids About Pornography and the 30 Days of Sex Talks and 30 Days to a Stronger Child programs. She received her master's degree in recreation therapy from the University of Utah and her bachelor's from Brigham Young University. She's an amazing mom, loves spending time with her husband and three kids, and we are so excited she's spending time with us today. We're thrilled you're here. Dina Alexander, thank you so much for joining us on How to talk to kids about anything. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Before we get into the meat of the matter, for those who haven't had the opportunity and pleasure to meet you or read your books, would you just take a moment to tell us what gets you up in the morning? What are you passionate about? And why in the world the topic of how to talk to kids about sex and porn and all that goes along with those particular topics? That's a great question. People ask me all the time, like, okay, how do you do this? Why do you do this all day long? Why, why? (laughs) Why do you talk about sex and online, you know, the online world all day long? And I'm like, this is, yeah, this is definitely my world. Um, I've got three amazing kids and I am literally right in the thick of it. I've got a 16, a 13, almost 14 year old and an 11 year old. And so these are topics that affect me on a daily basis. So we have many discussions about healthy intimacy, about social media, various online worlds, and we're kind of trying to help parents understand that our online, you know, um, identity is merging with our offline identity. Mm -hmm. So our goal is to kind of help parents get that idea, help us imagine a better world for our kids through technology. You know, we've spent a lot of time, I myself have been fearful, have been, you know, frustrated by the constant barrage of imagery, pornography, and negative messages about intimacy throughout the years. But our goal, what I, what gets me up every day is the idea of helping kids create a better world through technology, whether that's through new devices that we create, whether that's new platforms that we haven't even imagined, but just helping all of us create a better world using this amazing technology that allows us to connect to people all over the world. So awesome. And we, this is one of those conversations just so necessary 
I think it's one of the most highly requested conversations because people don't know where to start. I remember having a conversation with one of my friends and she you know, told me that her child brought something up related to sex and she just changed the subject to like, who wants ice cream? You know, it's, it's just, <laughs> you know, uh, what, what are we doing right now? You want to watch a movie? You know, it's just makes people so uncomfortable. So given that the sex talk makes parents feel somewhere between nervous and want to throw up, you know, and leave the building, how can parents overcome this crazy fear, this trepidation they sometimes feel when approaching those sex talks? Well, I think there's a number of things we can do. One of the things that has helped us and with the many, many parents that we've worked with is to first look at it differently. Look at these talks as an opportunity. This is not the end of the world. I honestly feel like most of us look at this in an awkward way because we've been socialized to believe it's awkward. Mm -hmm. We've been told dozens of times throughout our lives, oh, it's awkward. Oh, you don't want to have that conversation. When really, when you get down to the heart of it, get to the meat of it, it's like, and once you start, most parents realize this is no big deal. Mm. I've got this. I can totally do this. And by seeing it as an opportunity to grow closer to your child, you will create that environment, that that special environment that your kids are seeking after of, oh, I can ask my mom anything. That's the ultimate goal mm. for me is that I want my kids to have a home where they can ask me anything without criticism, without judgment. And so if I look at these difficult conversations as an opportunity to grow closer, I will be a better teacher if I can help them understand, you know, when I when I approach difficult topics with my kids, I'm letting them know that one, I'm a source and two, that I care about them enough to talk about these things when they will tell you story after story of their friends, parents who will not talk about these things. And I don't want to be that parent. I want to be the parent that, they're, that they can ask me anything. I also find that it's really important for us to analyze what is making us so fearful usually when I have parents that talk to me about what they're fearful of now no, don't get me wrong some of us have had sexual abuse in our past mm -hmm. and you know one in four women one in five men have had something you know terrible happen to them and so they have some very real experience some very real fears so we need to take the time to go okay what am I really scared about is it that the topic of um, the actual of actual intercourse is it talking about predators is it talking about anatomy so I would say take a minute take 10 minutes to go what am I scared about here you know we have a lot of parents who feel like they're going to be taking their child's innocence mm -hmm. if they if they talk about these things and I say that that is garbage mm. <laughs> it, this this is about empowering your child with knowledge knowledge and information does not steal innocence coming across traumatic um, imagery online, mm -hmm. um, being faced with a predator when they are not prepared, these are traumatic things, not giving them the tools to deal with those things. So I would say, take some time to analyze your fears. And when we, what I find when I work one-on-one -on -one with parents, once they boil it down, it's usually only one or two topics that they are really scared about. You know, mm -hmm. it's not the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so take some time to, to, to see what you're really fearful of. I know that parents often tell me that they feel if they broach this type of subject with their kids, that they feel like their kids are going to go run out and do it, or their kids are going to feel that by talking about it, it's giving them permission to go ahead and find out more information from whatever source they want because the door has been open. So how do you how do you deal with that particular fear? That is a great question because we have that a lot. People mm -hmm. think that, oh, I'm going to create curiosity. I'm going to create this monster. I frankly do not believe that. I feel like the curiosity is there no matter what. And there is nothing wrong with curiosity. Curiosity is a healthy thing. It is part of our biology. It is what keeps us alive. It is what keeps us changing, growing, developing, learning new things. So we need to embrace the idea of curiosity. So that, I think, is the first part of that battle. Secondly, 
I think you need to kind of help them frame where to put their curiosity so that you are going to say, you know what, when you have a question, please come and talk to me. Let them know there are a lot of misleading and very wrong messages out there, not just from other friends, because yes, most of their wrong information is not most, but a lot of their mo- their information that's incorrect is going to come on the playground from somebody on the bus, you know, other peers. But a lot of those misleading messages are going to come from different online sources. So we need to direct them and help them know, well, where is a good place? What is a good book to read? What is something, you know, help them know where the best place is for information. And that should lead back to you most of the time, that you are a source of information. You know, that I, that's why we talk to parents about hey, you be the first source. Yes, right. You want you don't want to wait till they, when, when I was a new mom, I was always told, wait till your child asks you about sex. Mm-hmm. Don't don't bring it up first. And I just don't believe that anymore. Mm-hmm. When, you, when people are handing their two and three-year-olds um, a tablet to play on with no um, internet blocks on it, mm-hmm. they're going to be exposed to something. We have to start these conversations early. And when we start those conversations early, we're letting them know, hey, I'm the source. I am a source of honest information. I am a source that is going to answer your questions, you know, compassionately and kindly that that's when our kids are going to come back to us with other really great questions. And that's a good thing. We want to be asked those questions. We want to be the source, but also let them know where are some good places that they can find good information. And that's going to be according to your values. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. there are some websites that some parents love and that other people hate. Mm -hmm. You need to help your kids know where you're comfortable getting um, healthy sexual information. Right, and you wanna be the one that they can trust and that they know that if they ask ask you a question, you're going to give them the good information, the honest information. And that way, they don't have to go to all these other places to find out what it, what it is that you may not be wanting to tell them. Exactly. You know, there was, and there, and I don't believe in like saying, oh, you know, I'll tell you when you're older. Right. You know, that, that to me is a disaster. Yes. You know, if I, if my child is old enough to ask it, then I'm going to answer their question for sure. You know, there was, um, you know, a couple years ago, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about uh, Monica Lewinsky. She had just given a TED talk. Oh, it's so uh, good. Such yeah, it was a, a great, talk. a great talk about like the, how she was the first person to be cyber bullied. Mm-hmm. And so my, um, at the time he was nine years old, my son was behind me and I didn't realize it. And I said the word oral sex and he said, what's oral sex? And so, and I knew my older son didn't know either. So I said, okay, well, let's go talk about it. I didn't say, I'll tell you when you're older, mm-hmm. you know? And this wasn't like a conversation that I was like, yay, no, I can't no, wait to talk to my nine-year-old about oral <laughs> no. sex. But I was so grateful that he was coming to me and asking me. So I had that conversation really simple, explained what oral sex was. And then um, this, again, this child is the one that always asks the amazing questions. He then said, what other types of sex are there? Mm-hmm. And I almost started laughing. And so I told him, it, and I was like, that is that child. Of course, he is going to ask mm-hmm. me the amazing questions. So I told them about anal sex. Mm-hmm. You know, that again, that was not planned. That was not no. in my day that I had planned, but it was, it was an easy conversation to have because we had already talked about so many other things. So how do you start those kinds of conversations? I mean, you're saying you had them, but like, I'm sure that there are people that are just listening to this, shaking their heads, going, if I was in that circumstance, I, just, I don't even know. I'd stick my head in the, in, in the oven. I don't know what I'd do. So tell me, how do we start those conversations? You're so uncomfortable. This is not information we wanted to share. And yet here we are and the child is in front of us. So what do we say? Well, I think it helps me that, you know, I had started with other conversations first. Mm. So, so again, so remember, we're going to start the conversation and I'm going to start with what I am comfortable with. Okay. So maybe a parent is not comfortable starting right with penis and vagina Mm -hmm. or is not comfortable talking about anal sex. You don't start there then. Then you start where you're comfortable. Maybe you're comfortable talking about just how amazing our bodies are and all the amazing things our bodies can do. Maybe you have a child that's three, four, five years old. You're going to start there. Mm -hmm. Your body is so amazing. And it's so amazing that it's worth protecting. 
and this is how we protect it. And so maybe we're going to have a conversation about clothing. You know, I wear certain clothing in the summer and I wear certain clothing in the winter to protect my body. And then I might have a convert. I'm going to add another layer on where I'm going to talk about this is where I don't want anybody to talk to touch me. You know, maybe I'm going to have that conversation about why my body is special. And if anyone does touch me in a part that, you know, my, where my bathing suit covers that you are going to come and talk to mom or dad or a trusted adult. And then you're going to have a conversation too about who are the adults that we trust. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, right there, that's five conversations, you know, that again, should only be a few minutes long. We're not going to have, I'm not going to plan a 20 minute discussion. When we have done these, when we have recommended these, we say you should plan this out for five minutes and then plan a five minute discussion. Now, what we also find that it's because you open that door, your kids are going to come back to you with more questions. Mm-hmm. What usually happens to us then is that it becomes a 30, 40 minute discussion. But so I'm going to start, you know, with, you know, we have to have a goal in mind, you know, maybe your child is really young. So my, your goal might be protective information. I need to give my five, six year old protective information. So I'm going to have a discussion about their amazing body, their anatomy, so that they understand how their body functions and works. You know, how many little girls don't know that their vagina is separate from their urethra? Mm -hmm. You know, these, when we think of that as, that is not a shocking discussion. That's a simple anatomy lesson that Mm -hmm. our, our kids should know how their bodies work and that they are so awesome, right? Mm -hmm. So starting there, and then maybe you're going to layer on a discussion about predators, you know. Um, This is also a tough topic for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. again, because of experiences we've had, but it's something that we need to discuss and we need to repeat, you know, who are that, who is that small circle of friends that we really trust, that we really, you know, that are, that we, that care for us. Um, So once we've had those kind of, I think, you know, foundational discussions, then that helps us to get ready for the tougher topics, you know, the things that maybe we don't want to talk about, where we are going to talk about um, preparing for puberty, maybe. Maybe you're going to talk about the menstrual cycle, and then you're ready to talk about the physical mechanics of sex. Now, again, a lot of parents, we think we're done. Now, we think we're done because we've talked about penis and vagina Mm -hmm. okay but again we don't live in that world anymore okay a lot of people are you know have you know have chosen or are born with you know gay tendencies Mm -hmm. or that they themselves are gay or lesbian transgender it's time to start talking about these things in a loving kind manner you know we always talk about I want to be the first to know because Every single one of my gay and lesbian friends has told me how long they struggled and suffered with this for years before they had that conversation with their parents. I don't want that to be me. Mm. I, I, I want to be the first to know, sure. not, the, not the last to know. Right. So again, we're not going to just have a discussion about, you know, heterosexual you know, comp, you know, typical traditional sex, we're going to start talking about oral sex and anal sex, you know, and again, so you're going to start where you're, so even on that, that topic of the mechanics of sex, right? We're super uncomfortable. (gasps) We don't want to do this. Where are we going to start? Think about where, where are you comfortable? Where are you comfortable? Is it, we're going to talk about maybe, hey, where do babies come from? Now, usually when we have these I believe in talking, starting out with a, a, I call it a temperature question. You're going to take your child's temperature, right? Where you're finding out what do they know? Where are they at? So that you can meet them where they're at. So maybe if you're ready to to talk about this, you're going to say, well, what do you know? You know, where do you think babies come from? Mm -hmm. You know, or what do you know about, you know, maybe you'll see a friend that's pregnant or someone on the street. Use those everyday opportunities around you. You know, maybe you you even see two animals, having sex. Mm. Use that opportunity. It's okay to, to draw your kids' attention to two squirrels or two dogs and to say, what's going on there? Do you know what's happening there? And let it, and then taking their temperature and seeing what they know about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and then seeing what they know about, have they heard the word sperm? Do they know that a sperm and an egg connect to create a child? Do they know that? Ask that question. You know, talk about you know, again, find that part that you are comfortable talking about. Maybe with the physical mecha- mechanics of sex, you're talk- maybe you're comfortable talking about the steps leading up to it. You know, then start there. Hey, you don't have sex, you know, the first hour you meet. 
what are the steps that lead to sexual intercourse? And so having that discussion, then when you're comfortable, as you're comfortable, as you take their temperature, you're going to give them information that they need. Is that about an erection? Is that discussing the clitoris and what the clitoris does? You know, and again, thinking about your child's age, you know, again, a lot of people think, oh, well, that's something I'm going to wait to talk about when they're 12, 13 years old. You're not going to wait that long, okay? Mm-hmm. I know because- a lot of people are just like, no, let me put my hands over my ears. La, 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 I can't yeah, and I, you. Know, and, I, and I wish, you know, we wish that was the world that we lived in. But when kids are exposed, you know, the average age of exposure to pornography is age 11. Mm-hmm. So we've got to have had these, we, we need to have these questions before that, mm-hmm. you know, have these discussions. And again, so you're going to start where you're comfortable you know, is it a discussion of anatomy? To me, anatomy is a very comfortable place to start. But that also might be because my spouse is a doctor, right? And so that is a very easy place for us to discuss how amazing and intricate our bodies are. So again, find where you're comfortable. Is it a you know, a discussion of curiosity. Maybe you saw your child looking at pornography. This is becoming so incredibly common. Mm-hmm. And if that, go ahead and use that opportunity. Okay, don't start yelling and screaming. Okay, that doesn't work. But have that conversation. What have you seen? What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. You know, tell me, tell me what you've seen. Tell me, tell me about that. You know, how did it make you feel? You know, is that, do you feel like that's an accurate portrayal of sex? You know, so again, use those everyday opportunities and t- take that, do you, start with that temperature question. You know, what, what have you seen? What do you know about mm-hmm. this? I also really like starting with something simple of just, hey, I was reading about this. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw this on television. My friend was telling me about this, especially when it comes to conversations about um, sexting, social media, or maybe it's about STDs or uh, masturbation. You know, these are things that I usually will say, hey, I've read this. You know, I heard about this. What have you been hearing? You know, what did the kids at school say about this? Mm-hmm. And that's usually just a good temperature, a good starting place for those conversations. So if a child asks, where do babies come from, for example, and, you know, you've already told them that, you know, there's there's a baby inside the mother's uh, belly, as you know, we usually say when we're the kids are really tiny, mm-hmm. and now they've kind of moved up to the conversation of, but how does the how does it get in there, in the first place? So you know, that's a pretty that's a pretty young question to ask. Yeah. I would say. I mean, and child and might a, be kindergarten, and it grade. is, a, and it's a very common question. Very that's common. A, that's question. a very common question. How did the semen? You know, because we'll talk about. Oh well, the semen, sper- you know, fertilizes the egg, and again, that's a, that's a temperature statement. Right. You say that, and then some kids will go, "Oh, okay, thanks," and they'll walk away. A lot of kids will go, "Wait, well, how did the sperm get to the egg? Right, and where did the sperm come from? In yeah, where life? did the sperm come from? And then, hey, that's that's where this is your opportunity. Remember, we're not going to be scared. We're going to look at this as this is the opportunity. They trust me to, to have this conversation. Here I go. And I'm going to go ahead and tell them, well, a man puts his penis inside a woman's vagina. And again, then you wait, you look, look at their face, see if you see horror, you know, whatever, you just keep, you keep going, you know, you keep, okay, you know, do you understand that, you know, and then they might, they, they might have a follow-up question, say, you can ask them, do you understand, you know, that a man places his penis inside a woman's vagina, and then they will, they'll come back to you with the next question, sometimes it's, does that hurt, mm-hmm. you know, why do they do that, how do they do that, and then of course they're going to ask, have you done that? Right, right. <laughs> no. which is the question, and, or, yeah. or, or even worse, when did you start doing that? Did you yeah. only do it when you were, I mean, and my kids, we adopted both of my kids. So mm-hmm. what's the explanation there? You know, so that they would be like, wait a second. So you didn't do this. And so the conversation has to go into um, yeah. having sex when there's no baby making involved. That's right. And then that's where you talk about again, how um, this is where this is, again, your opportunity to frame sex, how you want it to be framed in your home, where you can talk about how amazing this is and what a bonding experience is between you and your partner. Mm-hmm. You know, where, hey, yeah, people have sex for to have children. But hey, most of the time, we're not doing it for, for procreation. We're doing it because it's fun. 
because I love my partner and this is a great way to show love towards them and this is a great way to bind us together as a partnership you know and again that's where you and then you 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 know, and then you ask them, do you understand this? You know, do you understand? And then you, then that's also the opportunity of where you can put your standards there. Right. This is where you, this is where you put your values. A lot of parents are afraid put to put values. And I'm like, this is your home. Right. <laughs> your kids need a guideline, you know? And then that is where you can talk about, hey, this is when I think it's appropriate to have sex. You know, if you feel like, your kids don't need a relationship that, you know, hey, it's okay to experiment, you know, when they're in college or whenever. You need to express those honest views. If you are somebody that is deeply religious, you need to express what your views and your standards, because this is where you start setting the expectation, mm-hmm. right, in your home, where maybe this is going to accompany a discussion about birth control, and condoms and STDs, but maybe it's not going to go in that direction. You know, again, we have to remember, and this is hard for me sometimes because, again, having studied this and having done this for so long, I think I know best. But I have to remember that these conversations are not about me; they're about my kids. Right? What yes. do they need to know? That this is their, you know, that what do they need to know? What is going to help them be a happy, successful adult? Mm-hmm. So that is where, but also considering it is my home and I have certain expectations and certain standards in my home of what I expect, you know, from my children and how they treat their partners and how they treat themselves. You know, that and something we talk about a lot in our home is bodily integrity, you know, and that is the idea that, you know, my body belongs to me mm-hmm. and that I am going to choose that sex with me and, you know, when my children decide to have sex, it is a privilege, not an obligation for them to have sex, but it is a privilege to have sex with them. Mm-hmm. And that it's not something that's going to, you know, happen on the first date because mm-hmm. that is because that is the standard in my home. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's what I value. But again, you do it according to your values in your home. Right. And I'm imagining that the parents who are listening to this are thinking, all right, well, I'm having this conversation and they say, all right, well, you know, when, when can I have sex? And the child is, you know, is a young child. And, you know, then I would imagine they would also ask, when did you have sex? So if it is that the parent feels that they, they made a mistake, you know, they had sex too early, or they feel like they had sex with the wrong people, or, you know, made, made some choices that they wish they hadn't. Is that the kind of conversation that you would want to have with your child as they're asking these types of questions? I think so. I, I really think so. Because again, we have, you know, I tell my kids every day, you know, I make mistakes every day, Yes. you know, once. and Again, and that's also where we need to teach our kids, Mm -hmm. you're going to make mistakes and you need to forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. You need to speak kindly to yourself, you know, and that's something that I feel like our parents' generation really missed out on. You know, our parents were literally taught that that part of the the sex talk was a good, healthy dose of shame, you know, and we don't, we don't do that anymore. But we, you know, again, a seven, eight-year-old, that might, that's where you're going to decide, hey, am I going to talk to them about when I first had sex? You decide that, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think it is okay to say, because I mean, when I talk to most women, very few women feel like they had sex at the right time. Most of the women, most of my girlfriends feel like they had sex way too young. Right. And that's okay to say, hey, you know what? I messed up. I wish I had waited just a little bit longer. Or Mm -hmm. I think I I should have waited for this type of partner who would treat me like this or who was committed to me or who loved me like Mm -hmm. A, B, C, D. It's okay to say those things, you know, to say, to use your mistakes as a teaching tool. Mm -hmm. I use my mistakes in... When I'm talking about math with my kids, when I'm talking mm-hmm. about algebra, when I'm talking right. about how yes. I drive, when I'm teaching my kids how to drive, I talk about the mistakes I made as a teenager or the mistakes I make now. Again, take that take that trepidation away from this discussion where it's like, yeah, hey, sex, you're going to, you know, I've made mistakes I've, or hey, I did it perfectly right and this is what I want for you. Do you feel like, do you feel like there are specific do's and don'ts with this conversation? Are there steps you can take? Like first do this, then do that. Like what, what, what do you recommend? 
Well, for the younger kids, you know, we, we already talked about starting with those super simple yes. discussions, you know, of anatomy, my amazing body, we're talking about predators, you know, again, in that eight to 11 range. Now, again, remember, these are not conversations that we just have one time because our kids forget mm-hmm. and we need to, we need to layer information on, you know, when we have a discussion about anatomy with a three and four year old, they really just aren't going to understand a discussion um, of the clitoris, you know, or, you know, the difference between, um, you know, an erection, they might understand a spontaneous erection, but they, that's it. Like that's, they're not going to understand anything beyond that Mm -hmm. or anything. It's not sexual to them. Do you know what I mean? So it's just, so that's again, where we have to add that other layer on in that eight to 11 age range where I think it's important, you know, we get so hung up again on the mechanics of sex. This is where we also have to start talking about the emotional part of sex, you know? So we got to add that into that. We also need to talk about healthy relationships very early on. Mm -hmm. So this is also another great place to start when, if you are, don't want to get right to the mechanics, talk about the emotional parts of sex, talk about what a healthy relationship looks like you know not just what an unhealthy relationship we we see unhealthy relationships every single day on television over and over again shoved down our throats mm-hmm. so we need to show we need to model and discuss healthy relationships you know this is also where we're going to start talking about masturbation mm-hmm. you know and we're going to take the shame out of that discussion we're going to talk about the natural you know, part of masturbation, how a lot of, you know, a lot of parents freak out about the masturbation discussion, or they, they email us, or they call us because their five-year-old is masturbating. And they think, again, they don't understand that it's not sexual for that child. They're not necessarily trying to achieve orgasm. They're just feeling good. They're self-soothing. They're exploring their body. So again, helping them understand, that's right. You have an amazing body. So I've also recommended a lot for, especially for young girls, eight, nine-year-old girls, let them have a mirror and look at their vagina. Hmm. So a lot of people are like, oh my yes, God. Yes, I'm sure they are why right now. Do, they're listening going, what in the world, lady? And mm-hmm. again, but again, it's like, this is just a normal part of their anatomy. Girls can't see their vagina just by looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. They need to know what it looks like. They need to understand the difference between where their urine comes out and where their vagina is, you know? Mm-hmm make it normal, help them normalize this part of their body. This is part of protecting it is by telling them, yeah, that's a, that's a special part of your body, but it's worth protecting. Right. But I want you to know what it looks like. Again, this is knowledge. This is nothing salacious. This to me is the same as showing them their elbow. You right. Know, oh, or it's their, so interesting. Yeah. Or their, their eyeball, you know, yeah. they need, to, I can look in the mirror and see my eye. I can't look straight in the mirror and see all the parts of my vulva and my vagina. And a, a girl needs to know what she looks like down there, you oh. know, especially if she has a urinary tract infection, if she gets an, some kind of sickness, if something happens to her where she, she needs to be able to express to you, this is what happened to me. Or maybe I have a burning or a pain right. down there, or maybe this man touched me there. Mm-hmm boy, you know, whatever, they need to be able to explain that. So again, this is just information about so that they can, they are normalizing. That's right. This is nothing shameful. Hey, it's just part of my body. It's, I'm going to keep it protected, but it is just another piece of my anatomy. So these are like good Mm -hmm. starting points so that again, as they're getting older, you know, as we start talking about predators, as we start talking about sexting and social media, those are huge conversation starters. And those are easy because they are everywhere in our culture. There are stories about sexting, about problems with social media coming everywhere. These are great you know, door openers for us to talk about various sexual behavior. Uh, my guess is that th- this often isn't uh, our choice in terms of, oh, first I'm going to talk about uh, bodies with you. And then we're going to go, you know, next week where our <laughs> session will be on, you know, uh, a mirror and your, uh, and your anatomy. <laughs> Um, because they probably ask their questions in whatever order comes to mind and that That's may right. not suit you as ex- exactly the way you'd like it to be. That's right. No, they, they certainly won't. But also, again, because, um, you know, I went to the National Sex Ed Conference um, last December and I was really surprised at how little there was discussed about um, sexting in social media. And Mm -hmm. I went to a meeting toward the end of people that maybe want to present next year. And I remember bringing up to the group, I can't believe how little was discussed about technology here when so many of our kids are doing everything but the act on 
on technology Mm -hmm. and every head in the room started nodding yes these were all sex these were all sex educators who they get it that this is where relationships are being built we don't and and we don't like this as adults as parents because this is not how we're using social media but we need to wrap our heads around the fact that so much of kids quote-unquote relationships including dating is happening online Mm -hmm. through social media usually so that's where we need to be discussing that and why that's a great door opener to discussing relationships, sexual activity. Those are, that's just a great place to start. We can use that, you know, again, we can initiate that conversation. Right, it's not the cyber world anymore. This is just their life, you know. It's not cyber life versus regular life, you know, in real life. It is all just their life. So we have to just make sure we uh, we, um, know that and we incorporate it. And if we don't understand it ourselves, we have to go look and learn and understand it. So uh, let's get into it a little bit because this, I know this is uncomfortable for most people and we certainly didn't learn this way, but why should we have a discussion about pornography when we're trying to have a conversation about healthy sexuality, especially when we say, hey, I don't agree with that. I don't like yeah. it. I don't, want to, I don't want my child learning anything about that. Yeah, absolutely. The, well, whether we like it or not, pornography right now is basically the number one sex educator of oh, our kids. Gosh. I mean, just you know, alarming, right? It, alarming. it has been as I've as I've researched this over the years. I mean, and it just keeps getting worse and worse. Not only because of the availability that's constant, but the level of violence against usually women is just over the top. You know, I've gone to the websites from the porn industry themselves, where they are telling their pornographers, go to Snapchat, go to Instagram, because that is where our kids are. Oh, gosh. They they are literally, you know, targeting our kids. And they, because they know that if they can hook them young, they have a lifetime customer. It's a lot of money coming their way. I mean, it's perfect for them. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so again, we need, that's where we need to have a discussion about pornography, where we need to help our kids understand this is counterfeit. This is not created for education. It is not artistic. These are usually exploited women who are almost always portrayed in a position of powerlessness. Mm -hmm. And this is where I worry that we have literally every future lawyer, doctor, policeman being raised on a diet of pornography. Oh, gosh. You know, we're where they are seeing this constantly and thinking, mm-hmm. oh, where we have, you know, boys thinking, oh, that's what, what girls want. Mm-hmm. Oh, she starts out saying no, no, no. But then at some point she always says yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and then how confusing is that? And then we wonder why we live in a rape culture. Right. You know, and then we have girls who they think, oh, I'm supposed to act like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what boys like. Right, I'm supposed to act like that, I'm supposed to look like that. Exactly. And so that's where we have a lot of girls on social media. They're cutting out the middleman these days, and they themselves are creating their own versions of pornography. Mm -hmm. Now, they might not be showing fully naked pictures of themselves. Some are. But they're showing very hyper-sexualized pictures of themselves. And that is, again, because they feel like, oh, I have to create that. I have to, you know, you and I, when we were teenagers, we wanted maybe boys to like us right. we wanted to be cute but our sexual availability was not part of our self-esteem equation exactly. you know maybe maybe our looks were and our intelligence was mm-hmm. and how we got along but how available we were was not part of the equation that's now become part of the equation for girls and we need to kind of turn that around that's again where we have to talk about these tough topics we don't want to talk about this but we we've got to that is the world we live in is that we need to discuss hey pornography is not accurate they are creating it for entertainment of the viewer what they do in there is not healthy it is not a loving intimate relationship you know help your kids understand that there is no intimacy in pornography there's no hugging kissing holding loving you know caressing it is about the act itself Mm -hmm. you know and that again is a great topic to have with your kids about just what is intimacy Mm -hmm. what do you want in a relationship what is amazing help them dream and think about these amazing healthy the relationship that they deserve in their future oh i think this is so important what you're talking about and i know it's uncomfortable but i can even imagine you know having a conversation where you feel comfortable which is you know just talking about what is out there there are 
there are things out there that don't represent what we're talking about here, what you said you've wanted in a relationship, what you see uh, us having in our relationship and, you know, just starting there and then bringing it into and you're going to see this. And yeah. this is uh, this is on your computer that you might use if you use it in this way and your friend's houses. And this is what I would want you to do if you were at your friend's house and this came up. What would you say if that happened so that you can start bringing that into a real life situation for them? Because perhaps uh, yeah. when you talk about it sort of out there, they think, all right, I get it. We don't want that. But not thinking to themselves, they might see it tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. And helping them know, you know, like, where is the number one place that kids are being exposed? You know, it's no longer desktop computers. Right. It's right on their phone. Right. You know, that my daughter, you know, is in high school. She see bo- she sees boys at, at lunch. They're all standing around a phone. They're watching porn, oh, you know. And so, you know, you know, if this was if they were smoking cigarettes, they'd be expelled in a second. Right. But they're watching pornography. And there are sometimes teachers who just walk by and say, put that away. You know, that's that's all that's happening, even though it's just as illegal to distribute pornography to a kid as it would be to distribute cigarettes to a kid. We don't have those protections. So, again, that's where we need to say, you are going to be exposed. Let's come up with a plan. How can we get, you know, especially for those young kids who will most likely be traumatized by what they see, we need to help them have a plan. Hey, you, you, you get away from it. You come and talk to me about it. You let me know what we, what you've seen, and we will, dis, you know, discuss it. Because again, they need to deconstruct mm-hmm. that image. That's part of kind of like taking away the shame and taking away that trauma, of, especially when they're young. Right. But also, also helping them avoid it. Okay, hey, how can we avoid it? You know, what should we do if 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 someone on the school bus has it? What should we do if it is a group of friends? What you know, help your kids come up with a plan that the two of you are comfortable with. That parent and child feel. Good about how do we deal with when we are exposed to porn right and I love that you underscored that we need to make sure we're talking to our kids about it when if if it already has happened that they can come to us and they're not going to get in trouble for it you know that they're able to say this is what happened and this is what I saw a friend of mine just told me about this that you know their child did see it and they they admitted it to their parent and they wanted to talk about it okay I, this happened and I, de- I said it didn't happen but now I'm coming clean and saying, yeah, it happened, and uh, and I, I need to I need to discuss this because I'm feeling really strange about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it can be really it can be really hard for a kid because they can be simultaneously traumatized and you know aroused. Mm-hmm. How confusing is that for? the undeveloped brain, you know, right. of, a, of a child and preteen. So we need to, again, help them, you know, understand what they've seen. And then again, help them just understand this is not real. This is not real love. This is not a great relationship. You know, you deserve better than this. So once we've had this conversation, and we've had the conversation about sex, are we done? Like, can we move on? <laughs> You know, I wish, you know, I wish we could, but you know, like, like I say to people, I'm like, uh, we just don't check off parenting, No, <laughs> you know, especially as, you know, I think of just think in the last five years, how, um, how sex has changed in, in this country around the world because of social media, because of technology, because of dating apps and hookup apps, how we are, it is going to keep changing that quickly. And so we need to be very intentional in discussing these things over and over again, even when our kids are in college and out of the house, reminding them of what consent really is, reminding them of what a healthy relationship is, helping our kids understand what sex and alcohol mixed together does to us, how body image affects our sex Mm -hmm, life. You know, again, this is where we can have really great conversations, especially as they're teenagers. You know, we're not just going to talk about the negative parts of sex. Right, sure. Let's talk about the positive. Talk about orgasm. You know, it's okay to help your child understand how... An, how an orgasm is achieved. It doesn't mean that they're going to go out tomorrow and have sex and, and immediately, you know, find a partner. That's something that we laugh about. Like, you know, it's okay to teach your child pleasure, that it should be a pleasurable, good thing. This will also help them make better decisions. You know, is this person really going to help me have a great sexual experience? Then no, then maybe I'm not going to give them my consent. Mm-hmm. You know, again, giving them that full picture, you know, like we don't we don't check it off, you know, just like we don't check off parenting. You know, when I was a child and I learned math in elementary school, I did probably a thousand worksheets 
to learn how to add and subtract. So we're going to have dozens of conversations about healthy intimacy and healthy sexuality, building those healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. And keeping those doors open for, for the conversation to evolve, especially as your child thinks about it more. Because they, they may have a conversation with you on Tuesday and you think it's done, but their Friday night comes along and all of a sudden they're at your door or you're in the car, which is always when things happen, right? And you're driving yes. along and you're you're at the stop sign and it's all of a sudden here's here we go again let's have a conversation about sex or porn or sexting or what they saw on the bus yeah exactly you know and that's again because you've had some of these other basic conversations that's where they know they can ask you and talk to you and that is a good thing i think that's again where we have to kind of remember that's right they're asking me they're not asking their friends you know they're not asking the neighbor I, I get to be the source on this. Look at this as an opportunity. This is an opportunity to grow closer with your child by talking about these topics, letting them know you can handle these topics, that you can handle other tough topics, that you can handle the discussion about divorce, about terrorism, about death. Mm-hmm. You can handle this, that they can ask you anything. I love that. I love that. So now it's time for the top tip of the day. If you had one tip that you would want these parents to follow, these educators to follow, what would you say is the top takeaway you'd want them to leave this podcast with? Ooh, that's a tough one. I know, I know. Because <laughs> there's a lot of, I, I would say have a goal. Have a goal in these discussions. You know, is it that you want to protect your kids? Is it that you want them to build a healthy relationship? Think about that big picture before you go into these discussions. Don't just kind of go, okay, well, I heard on this podcast I need to talk about porn, so I'm going to talk about porn. (laughs) Think about again, like, what is your big picture? You know, do you want them to understand how amazing they are? Do you want them to understand they are worthy of an absolutely amazing relationship? Mm -hmm. Have a goal because that will guide each of these discussions. You know, awesome. I want I want them to understand this so that they know this big goal that they understand they understand this about themselves. Awesome. So have a goal. Awesome. Have a goal. Have a goal. And and you know what's nice about the goal is and the big picture is all right, well, my goal is not I'm going to feel uncomfortable and awkward and this is going to be a painful discussion. You you have a really positive goal and going into it feeling like, all right, you know, I want my child to feel um, good about herself or himself. I want my child to have good relationships. Now you feel like more on purpose and you don't have to worry so much about how awkward you feel. Absolutely. Be positive. You know, I always say, I don't remember a thing my mother taught me about sex, Mm -hmm. but I remember that she talked about it like this. And so I knew whatever she (laughs) said about that, it was a very positive thing and that I wanted to have that I wanted to have a good sex life someday, you know, and that that was, even though they talked, you know, you do not have sex outside of marriage. I mean, they were very specific, very conservative, but they were so positive about it that I was like, oh, this is going to be an amazing thing. Like, so I, you know, that, that helped me. And I'm like, you got to be positive and we got to remember, you know, it's not about me. It's not about my awkwardness. When I, they ask me an uncomfortable question, I'm still going to answer it very matter of factly. I am not going to be embarrassed Mm -hmm. because my embarrassment will make them feel like there's something embarrassing or shameful about this topic. Well, bravo to your mother. I mean, that's pretty, pretty (laughs) awesome that she was so progressive that she was able to at least say that. Um, and that she was feeling so positive about sex, even though she put parameters around it. Like, that's exactly. really great. Yeah. yeah. Give us the resource of the week. So how do people get more information about you? What would you want them to read? Uh, where should they go to get more information? So our website, EducateEmpowerKids.org, has a ton of resources. We have our, you know, our books available there. We have 30 Days of Sex Talks for ages 3 to 7, 8 to 11, and 12 plus. It's three different books. They have tons of conversation starters. They're, they're a starting point that allow parents to kind of direct the conversation in a way that they feel comfortable. Right on the front page of our website, too, we have what's called the question of the week, and you can submit questions to us that we can answer, you know, because if you have that question, 
a, a hundred other parents have the so same true. question. So I think that's a great resource. We have another series that we've just started called Don't Freak Out. <laughs> and that is where we are going to be taught, where we, where we cover tough topics. Um, the first one that we put on a few weeks ago was called Girls Look at Porn Too. Ooh, you know yes. that it's no longer just a boy issue. We're going to be talking about masturbation for younger kids and older kids um, excuse me, for girls and for boys coming up because we tend to freak out more with girls. Mm-hmm. And I have a theory about that. So that's going to be coming around soon. So that's a great series. Um, our books are also all available on Amazon. Um, so we have the how to talk to your kids about pornography and the, also the 30 days to a stronger child. So those are some of our great resources. Well, thank you so very much, Dina. I mean, I feel like I've learned a lot just listening to you talk. And I have a six and an eight-year-old. So these conversations are happening. And you're actually prompting me to have additional conversations with them that I think I might have been dragging my feet on a little bit, if I'm being honest. And uh, I'm hopefully I have some company out there who also feel the same way. But I just want to thank you. You've provided us so much important information about this particular topic that parents often dread and clearly don't need to and you've made it a little bit easier so so many thank yous I I love what you said about being the source the trusted source for your kids and making sure they have the right information the honest information and that they can come to you at any time so thank you thank you I've got my takeaways and everyone else out there, I hope you have yours. Let's discuss them. Come up on Facebook. Let's go to the Dr. Robin Silverman page. That's facebook.com slash Dr. Robin Silverman. And let's talk about it. Or we can go to drrobinsilverman.com, twitter.com slash Dr. Robin. And if you love this podcast like I did, and boy, I really loved it because I needed this information myself, would you kindly go up to iTunes and rate it so that others can learn about this outstanding resource and share it and let people know about it. I really would appreciate it. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even when it seems like nothing is going right, and we have those days we all do, you've got this. Even if you've made mistakes, you've got this. You're here, you're human, you're getting the information you need. And on the days that we fall short, and all of us have them, never forget there's always tomorrow. Parenting is the ultimate do-over. I get it. And as there are moments when we doubt our know-how, our choices, our sweet, sweet sanity, please know that you are 10 times the parent you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.